0: The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family.
2: Football is many things.
0: Unpredictable, exciting, colourful, passionate, absorbing, expensive. Venal, infuriating, exasperating, time-consuming, depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. In a week that
2: started with Ronaldo winning the Premier League Player of the Month for, as far as I can tell, increasing the Manchester United share price and filling column inches, despite being part of a goal-shy United attack. Odds are already shortening on the Portuguese winning Young Musician of the Year (laughs) and the Oscar for Best
0: Original Screenplay. (laughs) It was also a week in which William Shatner became the oldest man to go into space and when he got back, Jeff Bezos apparently insisted on opening the capsule himself, which I think is a bold move. I mean, who knows how a 90-year-old space captain will react if he suddenly thinks he's back on the planet of the bumheads. (laughs) <laughs> it's not a football joke. I just wanted to say Planet of the Bumheads. And, and you did. Mm-hmm.
2: Perfectly. Sky is selling us the Brentford versus Chelsea game as a rivalry that has been waiting to happen and be reignited, although they haven't actually played each other since 1947. 1947, the same year that NASA launched Fruit Flies into space. So let's hope that Sky also get the rights to the big Fruit Flies versus NASA rematch that we've all been waiting for. Actually, I would watch that, to tell you the <laughs> truth. And Chris, do you, are you aware of um, how Vanna syndrome no Oh, okay, so Havana Syndrome, just to let you know, is...
0: Uh, in l- cigars, isn't
2: it? <laughs> no. In a lot of American embassies all over the world, China, Singapore, all these places, um, they, they, this high-pitched sound has been coming through, which is driving people a little bit crazy and unable to do their work. And they think, you know, that it's enemy action. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it, it, it just it comes up every month or two, there's a new place. Um, and uh, the, last week, uh, the US embassies in Austria and Colombia were targeted, and there were briefly reports of an attack on White Hart Lane. But the unpleasant, high pitched whining there turned out to be Spurs fan Michael McIntyre. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Gary Mabbitt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, before we turn our attention to multi-million pound sports washing projects, a quick look at an area where the sport is still as filthy as it's ever been, the life-sucking swamp that is the very bottom of the EFL. I told you last week, Nick, about a defeat that felt like a win because it enabled Oldham Athletic to climb off the bottom of the League 2 table on goal difference. And there were times during our drab, goalless draw against Nigel Clough's Mansfield Town when I saw in the other latest scores that skunk. Thought we're defending like the ball had Covid, 5 0 down at half time. And I found myself thinking, you know what? We could lose this and still not be bottom. Uh? You know, that's how low the bar is for our ambition at the moment. I mean, we still need another team to have some sort of collective meltdown to save us from non-league football, but, you know, we're halfway there. We're halfway to the dream. Yeah, absolutely. Such excitement as there was at Oldham this week was kind of tangential to that Newcastle thing, which we'll talk about in a bit, because there was some talk, a rumour even, or maybe calling it a rumour is pitching it a bit strong, that Mike Ashley, having finally divested himself of the albatross around his neck that was owning a big football club, would now immediately be looking to buy a smaller one because it's not the football that's the problem it's just the size you see it's just the yeah, size of yeah, the project yeah, yeah, yeah. and if so why not Oldham? ashley has had a connection to the club before a few years ago when the previous ownership did a deal with him in exchange for running the club shop which used to be called Latique, which I used to oh, really like. that's a
2: great name! Yeah,
0: but in, in exchange for running a new club shop in the new stand as a Sports Direct outlet that also sold club mugs and programmes, the previous ownership changed the name of the ground to SportsDirect.com Park. Oh. It was bloody ridiculous. cunning, though. Because the new name formed a hyperlink to the shoddy trainer outlet in every internet article about the club. And that was the reasoning. But it was hard work. It was hard work listening to the old bloke, Roy Butterworth, everyone's favourite dotty great-great-uncle, on Oldham's I Follow commentary, forgetting every week and correcting himself... Welcome back to Boundary Park. Oh, no, I mean SportsDirect.com Park, don't I? Oh, dear. Oh, I think my phone's going off. Hey, I just got a text. The Kinnear is in Bristol. <laughs> I remember when, when Stoke was
2: the Britannia Stadium, named after Britannia uh, Building Society, and the chief executive was saying, we, we, we need to catch your name. We're going to call it the Brit. Uh, he told me this, and yeah. I said to him, well, how
0: did Britannia feel about that? <laughs> We're paying
2: you a million We're pounds. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Exactly.
0: Well, according to the Sunday Mirror, Mike Ashley's interested, in Derby County, which is just 30 miles from his HQ or something. I mean, why on earth would he do that? And I thought he was a Cockney, wasn't he? The, uh, there wasn't a problem with the Cockney Mafia at Newcastle. Uh, would that, be, that was Dennis Wise, yeah. Alan so Parge never mind his HQ. How far is it from Dennis Wise's house? Is he a Cockney? I don't know. I've never heard him speak, I, I don't know. No, I've only heard him... Uh, I've only sort of seen him standing on the steps at St James's Park being berated by people. Yes. Anyway, that's enough of Oldham. So, yeah. it was just... An international weekend, again, more bloody qualifiers. Germany qualified for the World Cup, and Denmark also. You'll be pleased to see Denmark doing well, won't you, since that's where your Amazon packages get delivered. That is where, yes,
2: yes. I don't know how that happened.
0: (laughs) You got yourself a DK address. Yes, somehow. And England got a win in Andorra on the plastic pitch there, 5-0. The match took place after a stadium fire... And the ground was half empty, except behind the ITV pundits at half time, where the ground they were at, seemed to be packed full of little cartoon FIFA fans, all celebrating with their World Cup qualifier flags. Yeah. It's mystifying. And reports mostly all featured the words routine and tetchy. It was a tetchy. I didn't yeah, see tetchy that was tetchy. everywhere. The Andorans seem to, be, seem to like taking a swipe at the England players and then complaining to the referee when they're pulled up for it in the spirit of, we're not as good at football as these. We should be allowed to thump them. Yes. Well, there
2: was that player who, who'd been booked earlier and then elbowed somebody in the face. And uh, there was a lot of talk about him being sent off And, and uh, because it was a female referee that maybe somehow her gender
0: made a difference. I don't <laughs> know quite how that works. Women women like it when men thump each other. Oh, that's what, yes, that's, they do. That's just yeah. all they yes. like to watch. <laughs> she, she, she said Leave it. Leave, leave it. it. He's not worth it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, wanton sexism. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Exactly. But uh, pundits particularly loved the performance of uh, Phil Foden, didn't they? Who was they spraying did. passes all over the pitch, like well, much like a Manchester City player against a non-league team in the cup. Yes. yes. And uh, much discussion over whether he could play as a central playmaker, which I'm sure he can. Yeah. Um, but Calvin Phillips was out injured, thus breaking up Southgate's preferred duo of defensive midfielders. Yeah. And I, th- I find I found it very interesting that the role that Foden was supposed to be playing is being described now more and more as a number 8 it's being described yes, as a number 8 this yeah. seems like quite a new thing to me i mean playing as since the numbers all changed back in the yeah, start Yeah yeah they those the numbers, Brammy Brammy numbers exist the numbers 1 to 11 and, don't and exist. they don't and they don't relate to role but number 8 never really related to a particular no inside role. forward kind of wasn't yeah, it?
2: Exactly. Uh, also what i uh, Detest is this? It just crept into the the football lexicon so quickly um, that he he was playing a quarterback role. Oh, he, uh, no, no, he's playing a decent midfield player, passing the ball to his own team. Well, they Roll. always used
0: to say that about Beckham, didn't they? That he was he played quarterback even when he was playing wide because he never went to the byline, did he? He always crossed from very deep. Yes, like quarterbacks do. Like quarterback, I don't know what quarterbacks do. I know, I don't I know. watch that no. game. I watch this one. Yeah, but no, it's it, playing as a number nine. That never really went away, did it? And, no. and number ten. Uh, but th- but th- there's a difference between a number nine, a false number nine, and an old-fashioned number nine. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. I tell you, any <laughs> fans of the prisoner would love this stuff, <laughs> wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. I'm not a number. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a centre forward. Yeah. An old-fashioned yeah. <laughs> centre forward. <laughs> Pass it to him. He's not a number.
2: He's a free man. Get <laughs> <into> it to <laughs> him. He's, he's one-on-one with the keeper there. What, and the Jews... what role is
0: a number six? Uh, uh, what no. is a number six? Uh, you uh, know, is it Bobby Moore? Probably was number six, or is it like the the defensive midfield? Is it like you know? I've I've given up on
2: that the whole number thing. It drives me insane. The the Tuesday game was it when we played Uh, when we played Hungary. We uh, played Hungary, and of course, um, Southgate picked the team that everybody
0: wanted, and and it was it was crap. It was Well, not only was Foden playing as a number eight, but there were two number eights. There was Foden and Mount. They were both apparently playing number eight. Yeah. And how, uh, Is that two fat ladies? <laughs> if you want a winning line. But, I mean, if you're playing two number eights, doesn't that mean you're not playing one of the other numbers? Or are you playing 12 men? What are you doing? I, this sounds like a discussion about the lottery, to tell
2: you the honest <laughs> yeah. truth. I, also, I, there was no sense in which everybody went, oh, maybe Gareth Southgate was right then. No. I, no. There, and there's still that really drives me mad, this childish being cross because you haven't won every single <laughs> game which just is pathetic, as I've said before, we, you know, I, I've seen us not qualify for three World oh, Cups. Oh
0: Christ, yeah, 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 yeah I mean it's a bit like, the, what the, the where Gareth is at the moment, it's a bit like with the old Sven conundrum, isn't it, how do you get Lampard and Gerard and Scholes and Beckham all in the side together, Yeah. and the answer then was you shove Scholes on the left until he becomes disenchanted with international football and retires Tight. to prolong his club career, <laughs> yeah. probably Unsolved. Yeah. But uh, Gareth's conundrum is he's got this fistful, hasn't he, of great attackers and attacking midfielders who all want to play on the left. Yeah. Grealish wants to play there. Sancho, Sterling, Mount, even Rashford when he's fit, he yeah. prefers it out there on the left, cutting in onto his right kind of thing. Yeah, well, so when, someone when has to play out of, out of position, or else. Yeah. You know? When did that start that you had to play on the opposite side to where your foot, your 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 favoured foot is? I don't know because it seems to me that 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 means. That the defender knows what you want to do. You want to come inside. I mean, obviously, you're more dangerous for for shooting when you come inside if you're coming into the edge of the area. But it means that you can be marked out of the game if that's your only ploy. Yeah, yeah. it's baffling. And it's another one of those things that
2: happens and then becomes set in stone, like overlapping fullbacks or playing out from the back or defending a really high line from free kicks, all of those things. And you think, yeah, the first time that was really
0: good, but everybody just knows this stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, things have to, there has to be some mystery to what you're trying to do, I think. if you're, going to make so. a, if you're going to make a success of it. It, it reminded me of him playing all of those players that, that,
2: that they wanted him to play. I'm fairly sure, I couldn't find any reference to this, but I really, really strongly remember that Steve Copper, when he was at Reading, they'd had a load of good results, they were going to stay up and people were moaning, his players were moaning about the way he played. So he let them manage themselves <laughs> for a game and they lost 6-0 at home to Arsenal. <laughs> Which
0: is brilliant, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's a yeah. real teacher giving up. Go on then, teach yourself. Well then, <laughs> Let me, show me what you want. Show me what you want. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit like that. I mean, I think having so many players who want to play on the left, it's if it's not working, the easiest thing is to hook the guy that you've put there, which is Grealish, who was actually playing that was the best, the most dangerous-looking player on <laughs> Tuesday. But you've got everyone, all the others you can play there, so you pull him out of there, and you've got so, always got something else to try, which is a bit of a shame for him, I think. I mean, obviously, we should. Uh, it was sad to. See, there's more racist shit from the Hungarian oh, fans d- oh. abusing steward, attacking the police, and then blaming the FA for selling tickets to Polish supporters. In uh, what the uh, Hungarian supporters, I think. No, but well, Hungarians were blaming the FA for selling tickets to Polish supporters. Really? they were claiming they were Polish fans that were causing the trouble. I mean, <laughs> I, in fairness to them, you know, that's not actually—I don't think—racist. That's just xenophobic, isn't it? Uh yes. And, Hungarian-Polish and, and confused.
2: And confused, and confused. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I think they were Hungarian because I definitely saw one bloke in there that looked like Granville off of uh, <laughs> Open All Hours. So uh,
0: the, the famously Hungarian. Famously
2: hu- Hungarian. But the <laughs> thing is, that, that really awful thing about young men is if you give them a cause, hmm. um, they actually think there's something justifiable in what they're doing. So they, they, those Hungarian fans will think that they're making a statement
0: yeah. about something. And that's how war happens, now. that's how ISIS recruits, <laughs> mate. <laughs> so Scotland had a thrilling comeback win against Israel, and it was all... We're back. We're going to Qatar. And they were busy booking the celebration motorcade of Vauxhall Vivas to drive around to Hampton and sounding out Kevin Bridges to do a cover of Yes, Sir, I Can Boogie. And then <laughs> a 1-0 win over the Fair Island. So, you know, winner in the eighty-six minutes. So back to normal. Well, yes, like but it, it doesn't
2: matter. They, they're they doing well, I think. And
0: Wales would... booted the ball into their own net, didn't they? That bizarre oh, own goal. Oh, War, Ward. Is, it? Uh, he just missed it, didn't he? I think it was yeah. Ramsey's own it, goal. Uh,
2: it was. uh, uh, wasn't that... Uh, that's what um, Robinson did, didn't he? against gets Croatia
0: from a Neville back pass. Yes, and and he... In, I I think he just grazed it, didn't he? Yeah. He claimed the own goal, I think. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but uh, Wales are bizarrely on the brink of qualifying for the playoffs that they've already qualified for through the Nations League, which is baffling they could play themselves theoretically and so there was also sorry let me i because i obviously they change the rules all the
2: time so if they qualify for the playoffs and they've already qualified for the playoffs can they give that playoff
0: spot to somebody else anybody (laughs) they want (laughs) and who would they want to yeah Yeah. interesting well there'll be a lot of courting a lot of a lot of bids Yeah. yeah i mean there was the nation's league final did you watch that I, was, um, yes. I watched that because it's football and I was on my own <laughs> but you know it's a, it's a great game actually and I love this two minutes from the end of injury time the camera picks out a pretty girl like they will do you know yeah. t- and she's tense and she's stressed there's two minutes of injury time left and yeah. they need an equaliser and uh, last chance saloon you know and she's chewing the flag yeah. and she noticed that they've picked her out on the on the camera big close up yeah. but instead of waving at herself on the yeah. big screen like people do like a yeah. blinking idiot she just coldly stuck two fingers up at the camera <laughs> <laughs> and and they pulled away oh, excellent work french excellent. french or spanish do we know spanish you spanish oh that yeah. means hello in spain <laughs> <laughs>
2: actually talking about
0: picking it means pe- two beers <laughs> doesn't it that's what <laughs> i use it for <laughs> yeah,
2: talking about, about picking people out in the crowd i remember watching an island game once um and richard harris was there oh really and it, obviously the the director had spotted him on one of the feeds yeah. and so the, richard harris's face came up but the commentator obviously didn't know didn't who he was who and was. said and said and there are some really old people here today. <laughs> so pleasing. Really another, one, another bit of commentary I loved um, in the week when this this is another one you hear all the time. Um, oh, well, nobody wants to see someone get it. He says, nobody wants to see somebody getting sent off. Do you hmm. think? Well, well, I do. Who, who are the 20,000 people <laughs> baying for blood then? I remember Graham Turner when he was at Aston Villa um, um, being interviewed after a game and somebody saying to him, Do you think the sending off ruined the game? He just said, no, the sending off made the game. There was no atmosphere whatsoever before the sending <laughs> the off. The
0: sending off is part of, of the, the game. game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the? So did you see the winner? The Mbappe winner, the baffling offside. Uh, 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 not, uh, yes, not offside decision. Yes, that was. I mean, I don't, I can't understand how that. Apparently, this is another new interpretation that's been in place for eighteen months or something. That a that a little touch off a defender starts a new phase of play. But I think in order for that to be the case. Mbappe was clearly offside in the previous phase as soon as the ball was played it was yeah. obviously played to him yeah. he was running towards it it was obviously what he you know meant for him then he's offside then. Yeah. You can, whether it touches a defender or not after that. It's the moment that that pass is made he's offside. But whenever I see a clear offside like that, I expect the camera to go to the dugout and Don Reavy throw <laughs> his blanket on the ground <laughs> or a, or like a set of dominoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that that I that I noticed which I thought was so sad that Ben Chilwell scored his first England goal. Hmm. And you know he had to wait had like to five wait, blinking yeah, yeah, minutes, yeah, yeah, you know, for a yeah. telegram to come through. For somewhere. <laughs> and you just think you know you dream about this all your life and in yeah. your back garden you're going chill well in that tardelli way yes you know yes. But going, oh hold on yeah, we'll, yeah, wait, yeah, for we'll, that. we'll no. wait for
0: that yeah, uh, yeah.
2: they should really i i wish they played waiting music
0: <laughs> you know what, you on hold music <laughs> yeah on hold music that would be great wouldn't it yeah. vivaldi's four seasons <laughs> yes, yes. on a synthesizer yes. your goal is very <laughs> important to us <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. I mean, there was some sad news from the Nations League that following the success of the remote-controlled car introducing the ball to the Nations League games, ball plinths are to be phased out over the course oh, of the season, well, which you... will mean redundancies for the country's ball plinth manufacturers. You. Yeah, you've got to feel sorry for them. Well, is if have it... had been having a hard time because of COVID, you know, and, and Brexit, yeah. and yeah. several and plinth companies are likely to go to the wall, but I, they're, they're I, in I'm, Wales, so, you know. And you'll, you know that there'll be a, a small football club somewhere whose nickname is
2: the Plinthmen. <laughs> the Plinthmen. Plinthmen. <laughs> Plinthmen.
0: Plinthmen. <laughs> <laughs> And the Nations League trophy, I noticed, was on a plinth after being brought out by Lewis Figo and not a remote control car. But it may have been a remote-controlled Lewis Figo.
2: Very yes, likely, it, it
0: could have been. Very likely.
2: Uh, right, we need to talk about the big, 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 big story, which, of course, is Newcastle and their investment well. by the Public Investment Fund. Nothing to do with Saudi Arabia. Nothing to do
0: with Mohammed bin Salman. Nothing to do with anything bad. No, I mean, this, I think, is possibly the most depressing story we've had to do so far, and it's including that socios thing. I mean, the deal which is a £305 million takeover of Newcastle United by essentially Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's the dream of course for the modern football fan. Yeah. What do we need? A shake. That'll sort everything out. We'll buy Lionel Messi and Stanley fucking Matthews and we'll be unstoppable. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And newly famous Amanda Stavely has spent four years apparently trying to put this deal together mm. buying the club from Mike Ashley the Sports Direct guy who bought it in 2007 and has been trying to flog it to someone else yeah. since 2008 because he fucking hates it out there. <laughs> <laughs> but the mentioned- Stavely thing. I mean, she's so clearly pr- uh, proud of this and denies there's
2: any issues at all. I think there's a chance if she, she's so good at it, I think Amanda Stavely might be sports personality of the year.
0: <laughs> I hope so. Well, uh, there's a rumour that Emma Raducanu can't make the ceremony, so they might just... Well, there wa- you go. They might just there wa- you go. Yeah, but
2: there's a lot, a lot of hypocrisy from other fans because, you know, everybody. Should, well, not everybody. A lot of other cl- clubs their fans, you, you get this offer and it's it's like, oh, it's, that, it's the tainted, you know, poison chalice. It is, it? It? And you know that most football fans, if they're offered enough Turkish delight, will get into the White Witch's Slope. <laughs> They will. And the 19 other clubs complaining about it is pathetic.
0: <laughs> well, so with this deal, 80% of it will be owned by the Saudi Public Investment Fund, with 10% being Amanda Staveley's prize and another 10% owned by the Rubens, whoever the hell they are. But um, they're going to be the, the public... Rubettes, did you say? <laughs> Rubettes, yeah. Sugar Baby Love, you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, uh, Stavely and Jamie Rubin are likely to be the public face of the ownership since the Saudi Public Investment Fund is going to be busy spending all its time trying to pretend. It isn't actually the state of Saudi Arabia with different headed notepaper. And the problem, the real problem with it, the real sort of moral dilemma uh, of this is that, well, Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, is essentially... a murderer, you yeah, know, yes. and his his strong words. <laughs> his thugs lured this uh, American journalist yeah. the, from Washington Post, yeah. Jamal Khashoggi, into the embassy in uh, Istanbul, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. yeah, And um in Turkey, and maybe not in Istanbul, but um, where he was, you know, hacked to bits yes. by thugs, and yep. witnesses, yep. Uh, you know, heard a bone saw being used, which is never a good thing, is it? Well, unless it? you're never. a butcher's, well, yeah, all right, if, uh, and
2: you're hungry, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But, I, I'm I'm they're going to have Presumably get new new uh, sponsors. I'm hoping it's going to be uh, on the shirt. House of Saud
0: Undertakers. We'll get rid of the body before you even know they're dead. Oh, God. <laughs> well, it's just a thought. Yeah, well, you know, MBS is is is, is uh, allegedly sort of chummy sort of nickname. Because murderers like an abbreviation, don't they, sometimes? Yeah, like, OJ, right? you yeah. know. It humanises them. <laughs> Um, he's denied that he was involved, of course, but it was thoroughly investigated by American security services that ended with everyone being pretty certain that he was behind it. Yeah. And uh, and he's in charge of the whole place and all the people and what they do. So you see how that works. Yeah. And uh, he never got taken to task for this by the Americans by Trump at the time. Was uh, was just blinded by how much um, how many arms he was selling yeah. to Saudi Arabia yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, other world leaders refused to sit next to him. MBS at uh, at the team photo for the G20. But Trump remained his best mate because the US are the biggest dealers of arms to Saudi Arabia. Yes. And who are the second biggest? Us. Us, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Which yes. perhaps explains why the minutes of discussions between the government and the Premier League over allowing the purchase of Newcastle United have been released in redacted form, Yes. so you can't see who was there <laughs> or what they said, well, well, which was plainly, do whatever they want. Don't well, piss them off because we've already built the fighter jets and we'll never flog them to anyone else. Well, except that they did um,
2: um, uh, hold it up originally, not because of anything that Saudi Arabia had done, apart from the fact that they were getting no TV revenue from South uh, from Saudi Arabia because they were nicking it, they were from, nicking it from, from Iran I think from it was Qatar Qatar was it yeah. yeah and you know like a crappy pub that smells of piss you yeah. know they were showing this, sort of, <laughs> this, <laughs> Just this illegal stream <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and apparently um, Bin Salman <laughs> contacted Boris Johnson and said mm,
0: I wonder if you could correct this decision <laughs> 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 which is a great thing well it's, they're calling it aren't they sports washing yeah. which is a process you know an observable phenomenon whereby rich regimes invest huge sums in sports to give them themselves a more presentable appearance to the outside world despite all their human rights problems yeah. so they host you know the host grand prix don't they and well, Anthony Joshua fight
2: well yes exactly so boxing and motor racing yeah. That, that, yeah. that's better than being
0: Saudi yeah. and and suddenly, just... well suddenly they're all about tourism aren't they and entertainment despite the fact that you can't you know can't drink yeah yeah or go shoplifting <laughs> and, but less about oil yeah. and harboring
2: al-qaeda yes you know, yes, and you can, it makes you rather nostalgic for the chairman of old, like Ken Bates or, or Louis yeah. Edwards, who, of course, sold out-of-date meat to schools, didn't he? <laughs> you know, that
0: just seems like nothing now. It seems like nothing. Well, absolutely. You know, Roman Abramovich seems relatively benign by comparison, doesn't he? Yeah. Even though his oil empire was acquired in a Russia described by his own lawyer as having no rule of law. Yeah. So God only knows what but, went on but, there. But, but that whole
2: thing about that these chairmen coming in and they don't really like or know about football, I mean, I don't know, Mohammed bin Salman might be the secret. Footballer, I'd rather doubt it. That's what I retirement. think they should do, right, this because we've got Bin Salman, we've got Joe Lewis at Tottenham, we've got Cronkert uh, at Arsenal, you've got Abramovich, you've got the Glazers, you've got John Henry, you've got Sheikh Mansour, and now you've got um, yeah. um, uh, Bin Salman. Yeah. Oh, and also um, and the, the Thai um, family at, at, at Leicester. At Leicester. Mm. So what I think they should do is, right, six weeks from the end of the season, all right, they should get all of the chairman, or the owners of the clubs, and put them in a gym, okay, with a desk and a chair each all right? and say this is for 12 extra points in the Premier League we're going to have a football quiz (laughs) I'd just love to see uh, Bradfish sitting there going is it Cobblers it's the Cobblers
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's Cobblers (laughs) Cobblers it's Cobblers oh oh oh. (laughs) I've been saying it's Coventry City (laughs) <laughs> well, isn't it? <laughs> and if it isn't get the bonsoir. <laughs> the Honest but, um, Men Air United <laughs> So the, so p- part of this story is the, the reaction that it got up, up, up on Tyneside despite Saudi Arabia being ranked as among the worst of the worst in the an- Freedom House's annual survey of political and civil rights, despite war crimes in Yemen and the Khashoggi murder and blah 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 the welcome on Tyneside has been incredibly enthusiastic hasn't yeah. it? Newcastle fans wearing tea towels on their heads like six-year-old kids playing shepherds in a fucking nativity play. Yeah. Some dressed as pantomime shakes. Yeah. I mean, you wonder if... Some of them if, might... If, to be fair, some of them might have been going to be in a nativity play and have, just got caught up in the whole... It gets a, earlier every year, doesn't it? It, it does, it, doesn't it? it. <laughs> but, you know, not to mention the vast amount of alcohol being consumed outside St James's Park. Yes. And that infidel name will have to go. Um, as if to pay maximum respect to the new Saudi overlords. Yes, you know, Try taking your shirt off and getting pissed in the street in Riyadh. See how far that goes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and, and, and though I do think you can trust Amanda Stavely because apparently she's
2: very good friends with Prince Andrew. Oh, so There lovely. you go. Although not as young as some of his
0: friends. Not as young. No, sh- no, well, no, no, she, no. She was once. He's a very old man.
2: Yes. You know, uh,
0: <laughs> it was depressing. I think, given how many, how problematic this is morally. Yeah. Uh, to see Alan Shearer's shit-eating grin. You know, it's a great day, and he's going to be an ambassador, and uh, by the way, an apologist for state murder. You know. He should have not written those articles, you know. The, and also shit-eating grins behind the cheeky, chappy tweets of Ant and also, of course, not forgetting Deck. Yeah, I think you know. mostly Ant, wasn't it? Mostly Ant. I think so, yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, fair play to Oliver Holt, who wrote an
2: article saying, you know, if the Premier League dare, dare, to have a Rainbow uh, Laces Day, you know, (laughs) given what happens to LGBT uh,
0: people in in Saudi Arabia. You know, that would just be hypocrisy on toast, would it not? Well, it's a terrible thing for Newcastle that... There was a period, I mean, it's not so very long ago, when when they were kind of everybody's second favourite oh, team. Oh, the Philip Albert time? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And, the, and the Kevin Keegan time, Must and be, the yeah. and the Bobby Robson yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were, up, they were up there, and actually, you know, they were bankrolled up to the top of the league, even then. Because it's a question of scale, but what, uh, you know, John Hall was able to do was buy Shearer for 15 million and, yeah, yeah. and, and change the, change the, the uh, face of the game, then in a much sort of in a, in a smaller scale to what, we, what, what is required now to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also um, the, the, the story about um, Steve Bruce, you know, the dead man training, yeah. you know, currently. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, hilariously, on 999 games as a manager, and they thought it would be his, his, his thousandth this weekend, yeah. but now he might just be stuck one short, like Don Bradman not averaging hundred. Well,
2: you know? the, the, yeah, but the thing it'll
0: all come out in the wash like sand
2: from a white flowing gown, I imagine. <laughs> and it's not yeah. unheard of. I remember the celebration in the Shire when Hobbiton FC were taken <laughs> over by Sauron, Lord of Mordor.
0: <laughs> These are excited times, said manager Sam Ganji. <laughs> you can't feel too sorry for Bruce there, can you? Because if his reported eight million payoff is accurate. Yeah, I mean, you just get the team to play badly and get sacked, wouldn't you? If you had eight million. To pay they, you, they always used to sing about Ken Bruce. Uh, Ken Bruce. Ken Bruce. <laughs> about, yeah, uh,
2: Steve Bruce having a great big head, but not as big as Amanda Staveley's. Well, that's. I mean, she looks like a
0: thunderbird, doesn't she? <laughs> These are they're, they're big-headed people generally. Yeah, you know. I mean, Steve Bruce I think could buy Maseratis and yachts and and get the world's best nose job and be the next James Bond. You know, it, 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 it just step out, just step yeah. out the door. And you can have some of those. A sort of red veins done on his face yeah, yes, as well exactly. I mean you should think of yourself lucky I mean, on form you wouldn't put it past MBS to merge the managerial merry-go-round with the squid game
2: <laughs> I like that you keep calling him MBS but we're going to take a break now and in a moment <laughs> we'll have our guest Okay. our guest today is still playing at the very top level at Chelsea well, near Chelsea, more Sloan Square, really. He loves his football, but fits our profile perfectly because that love is far from blind. He wrote 11 Men Against 11, a story of corruption, tax evasion, drugs and immorality at a Premier League club. A frankly fanciful idea uh, written as the Premier League burst from <laughs> Rupert Murdoch's stomach and actually terrifyingly prescient. He also wrote Trevor's World of Sport about the money-obsessed landscape of sports PR, particularly relevant just now. And he also wrote other stuff, uh, some with Guy Jenkin, dropped the Day Donkey outnumbered. Anyway, they're not about football. So, please welcome comic, broadcaster, panelist, and footballer Andrew Neil. Andrew Neil Hamilton. Sorry, Andy Hamilton. Andy, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank it's good you. to see you. Um, we're talking about football, actually, and and television. And there seems to be a glut at the moment of of football documentaries. Some of which are are very worthy and interesting. Paul Merson's doing one Mm. on gambling. Um, Rio Ferdinand did one a couple of years ago about losing his wife. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jermaine Genius has done one about um, uh, Twitter and all that sort of stuff.
0: And and vegan cooking, isn't he? Isn't he doing that? It may
2: may well be. And and what I'm really looking forward to is there's one on the Qatar bid coming on Discovery Plus. But Fever Pitch, we should go on because that's the one the BBC have really gone heavy on. And I know you've seen some of it what do you feel i think i've
1: seen all of it have you well doesn't it stop after Arsene wenger i I don't know yes yes yeah um yeah no i think i saw all of it yeah i don't know why i watched all of it (laughs) because i was as i was as angry as i was at the end of the third as i i mean that was a that wasn't a sports watch but it was kind of it, it was they completely sort of Detoured their way around all the interesting aspects oh, of, God, the, yes. of yeah. the Premier League, well, and particularly
0: just... the setting up of the Premier League, which is a fascinating um, story of you know deals done behind yeah, closed and doors and stuff, phone calls, and it, all, it. it was like it all happened really smoothly, yeah, all by yeah. magic. Well, it yeah, was not really yeah. because it was the will of the people for it to happen, and so it happened. Oh okay. yeah, it's just a complete nonsense. Just the sheer rightness of of how it was—you de- know—it it was it was described as it was righteous, you know, the, yes. that it happened. It was a it was a it was a, a power. Grab but really but also
2: the, the, I think there were four episodes and yeah. and and if, I, to sum them up because I've, I've watched them it, they were Man United win the league yeah f- episode one Man United lose the league
1: yeah. to Blackburn
2: episode two yes. Man United win the league again episode yeah. three and then episode four was Arsene Wenger turns up and puts a bit of pressure on Manchester United yeah that's basically all it said
1: yeah. No, that was that was, that was was pretty much it. And um, I just thought, I mean, there was so many, like that period around, like when Cantona attacked the fans, yeah. you know, they're, 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 that's a, a really big uh, sort of social historic moment that's full of ambiguities. And apart from Les Ferdinand pointing out quite rightly that if it had been a black player who'd done that, oh, yeah, that would yeah, have been yeah. a lifetime yeah. ban. Yeah. I mean, I think that is also true. I mean, uh, if it had been a Wimbledon player, I mean, if that had been yeah. Vinnie Jones or Dennis Wise, if there had been a player who, uh, from a club that didn't really mean anything yes. financially to the league, yeah. I think they would have made a horrible example of them and that would have been it. Yeah. But, uh, you know... Uh, there was clearly sort of approaches made behind the scenes and, and man you i suspect threatened to you know
0: throw throw all their toys out of the pram and so yeah. yeah well if only if only the program had been this yeah well, yeah it had yeah. been they, that because the is like lit like a hero yeah you know in, the, in oh this. no and, and all that stuff they they treated him
1: like he was a bloody shaman didn't they? Yeah, um, and, he and, has and, to, and he has to express he's, himself. He's actually—he's yeah. a wonderful footballer, but he's actually absurd as a person. Oh, all yes. those gnomic uh, pronouncements, yeah, and, yeah. and he takes himself so seriously. Yeah, yes. and and you know, I mean, so. Um yeah that that kind of reverence was uh... Yeah
0: the thing I like about Cantonat is that apparently if you speak to uh, <laughs> if you speak to French people um he has he has a a very thick sort of marseille accent Yes right. which is like which is and he sounds like like a, a brummy yeah, basically. So he sounds like when they sh- when they throw, yeah, it's throw as, It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. so actually sophisticated, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But, to, <laughs> but, 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 uh, but uh, he's he's like Timothy Spall in Avicii's yeah, impact, yeah, yeah. Uh, to a to the French ear, they think he's he's comical. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean the Ferdinand thing was it was really interesting, I
2: and mean, there were occasional gobbets of of sort of. You know, stuff that you didn't know, stuff that you maybe hadn't thought of, very occasionally. But the Cantonal thing, basically, what, how they described it
0: was this is the reason Blackburn won the league and not Manchester United. Yeah. That was yeah, really yeah. the subtext. It's so Man United centric. Yeah, I mean the the one that I, I was watching uh, last night about Keith Gillespie. It was like Keith Gillespie went off the rails, but it's because he left Manchester United. If he'd still been at Manchester United, <laughs> he'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And but the um, the, uh, the it's a
2: bit like one of those very dull Christmas letters you get from somebody. Yeah, you know, <laughs> family, which it's all about their own family, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like it's all about Manchester because David Beckham's company uh, made it famously, didn't they? No mention, I noticed, of um, 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 Alex Ferguson selling the FA Cup in exchange for a knighthood, for instance, things like that. You know, you, you, you want to hear about, don't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think if you were, if you were, uh, remember the first season of the Premier League, um, it it was Norwich and Villa were top until March. Yeah, you know, and you, it, it was like they didn't exist. No. You never saw yeah, any. You never no. saw any. And uh, I mean, you know, them. there
1: wasn't this quantum leap. I mean, the the notion that the Premier League rescued the game from the dark ages is, is, I mean, yes, the, the injection of funds brought about huge changes in the game. But also, if you're making a series about the Premier League, which you're presuming will attract a lot of people interested in football, why show them all the football? They know all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. They, they know, and they've seen those goals yeah. countless times. They've seen yeah. Steve Bruce's header yes. against Sheffield Wednesday a million times. Yeah. The, I think that it was kind of patronising towards football fans as well, because I think most of them would have been tuning in, thinking, "Well, let's see if I learn anything new. Let's
0: see if uh... yeah." What you wanted to, you really wanted to know uh, how the Premier League actually came about, and what and what it has meant. Uh, on a, on a much wider yeah. uh, scale than, yeah, yeah. than, than well, absolutely. They I mean, apart from anything else, Chris, you'll correct me on this if I'm wrong. The fifty clubs have played in the Premier League. Fifty? Yes, I yeah. know this because Oldham are number fifty. Yeah, in the, yeah, in, yeah, if you yeah, arrange yeah, them yeah. in order, you know. And there was no, there was no,
2: there was <laughs> no sort of um, attention to how, you know, smaller clubs or clubs that couldn't deal with the way the finances worked yeah. actually ended up falling, you know, right the way down to the bottom, like snakes and ladders, you know.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, um, well, I thought, you know, when the Super League was mooted, you know, stupid idea as it was, I did find it highly amusing... The Premier League got
0: on their high horse. Oh, well, yeah, you know. yeah,
1: yeah. God, these people are only interested in money. Yeah, yeah. and do you know
0: <laughs> that idea? That idea hasn't hasn't gone away. The European Super League thing. There's there's still an entity that they all they all uh, joined and contributed to, and, and they've pulled out of the idea in the press. But that yeah. entity still exists. Yeah. Yeah. And you wonder now, don't you, whether you know whether Newcastle going to get involved in? Well, we'll in get that we'll get groomed. You know, is there a? Is we'll there... get
1: groomed. What they'll do is they'll go away and they'll quietly employ a lot of PR people. Yeah. And they say, can you just? Groom Room public opinion towards what a great idea it would be to have a sort of be continentally and that's yeah, what yeah. will happen we, we, We've talked about this before actually, but I
2: mean the, the amazing thing was because everybody felt a little bit um, um, sort of uh, caught out by it because it was the, the information was released at about midnight, wasn't it? Mm. But the reason it was released at midnight was because they wanted to release it in America because that's what they're looking for yeah. is the American the American market and it's just terrible. And you need to talk about hi- hypocrisy. That's what's happened. Nine, the other 19 Premier League clubs have said that it's disgusting what's happening at, at at Newcastle. Now that's fine if they think it's disgusting what's happening at Newcastle, but you rather suspect that they just don't want Newcastle to have the money, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, the uh, I mean I, f- I mean I yeah, you know, I'm on dangerous moral ground uh, <laughs> as a Chelsea fan. Um you know because it's hard to watch Chelsea sometimes and not see the pitch, you know. Red with the blood of Russian peasants. So, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I suspect a lot of it was that kind of, um, you know, how come they get the leg up, you know? It, 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 I mean, it. A lot of it was sort of dog in the manger just. Yeah, yeah, you did. You did kind of feel about that. Let's talk about Chelsea. I'll Dan. go on then.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, we, we, we've had a few Chelsea fans. We had Tim Lovejoy and we had uh, David Bedell. Yeah. Um, and and the question, although you know, slightly outdated now with what's happening at Newcastle, what's happened at Manchester City and and Leicester, is is is, is that is there that is there a sense that the success that you've had is is tainted slightly by the way it's come about. More than... I mean, yes, it's a moral element, but also just the throwing of money at it.
1: I don't know. I mean, um, had we been successful under Ken Bates, (laughs) the question is, would I have felt morally tainted by that? Um, I, I think... It's quite a long time ago now. Abramovich yeah, yeah, yeah. to be fair and this is not a phrase I hear I use that often. <laughs> to be fair to Roman Abramovich, he has been there a long yes, he time. Has. And I my memory when he arrived, you know, when um you know, when we won our first trophies, that was exciting. You know, um uh, because we we'd been Stopped. out out in the wilderness for so long <laughs> and some of us could remember that that brief flurry of success around 1970 but um but as what is slightly depressing and this is this is a warning for Newcastle fans <laughs> is you may reach a moment where actually you win something and you kind of go oh
0: yeah <laughs> okay you know I mean <laughs> that is that that, that is the risk
1: yeah. is that yes, you win routinely yeah. almost um and just a little bit of the fantastic excitement goes out i mean I'm still you know i I don't go um currently it's been a few years since I went, uh, you know, when I started age five, I went because my house backed onto the ground, so I went religiously for many, many years. But if I watch them on the telly live, you know, I'm still out of my seat when they score, Mm. but I don't live in that soup of Mm. excitement that Mm. I used to live in, you know. Um, And occasionally, this happened to me about a year ago, um, and it caused quite a stir in my house, which was, I... I happened to blip on Radio 5 midweek, and I went, oh, Chelsea are playing. Yeah. And it was only after I'd said it, I thought, if you'd said to me that there would have been a moment yeah. where I had not known Chelsea were playing, yeah. Yeah. because there's a kind of uniformity about it, about the experience. Now, I'm not craving a return to the days where the last game of the season we're trying not to enter the third division, but, you know... um, I think what what having very rich owners does is it makes supporting your club less like life Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's a bit like yeah, you were you talk- detached from it a bit like a holiday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. A bit like t- well, you were talking about VAR earlier. Yeah, that one of my problems with VAR is it makes football less like life, yeah. not completely because nice. there's still mistakes on yeah. VAR and unfairnesses. But part of football was that there will be moments of complete injustice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes, and <laughs> football is a fickle mistress, and you, and, yeah, yeah, you yeah. had
1: to kind of deal with that. Your team had to deal with it, and you as a fan. Yeah. Had to deal with that, and I think that that it's you know so Newcastle may have a couple of ecstatic years early on where the trophies come, but it, it might just turn a little bit kind of grey on them. Um, and you also have that kind of problem that it 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 distorts the personality of the fans. I mean, because the the more the the ticket prices go up mm. um, and the more Chinese spectators fill the stadium, you know, I don't think Newcastle fans will necessarily be happier mm. at the end of it all. I think they'll be happy when that first trophy comes and maybe the second or the third. Mm. But I think they might start to feel that it's not about it, them it, anymore. It, and it, it's well, that's a cheering s- thought. When you see, uh, <laughs> it's when you start
2: seeing... Not a high percentage, but a percentage of the crowd holding their phones up and filming the game what? whilst at the game. No, which is I, I took my
1: daughter to Chelsea versus, I think it was Duke of Prague in the Europa Cup a long time, and she hadn't been before. Mm-hmm. So this was, you know, I thought, oh, I'll show her a game. And, um, uh, as the game kicked off, we had to tap the Chinese tourists in front of us and ask them to take their iPads, and they were filming. It was a, 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 a barrage of, yeah. of yeah. screens being held up in front of us. It's uh, a theme park, yeah, in, in, in some ways. But the other thing about,
2: about you would talk about not knowing a game was on, and I, and I, I haven't got, quite got to that yet with Stoke. But, <laughs> but I think the other trouble is that all games aren't equal anymore. No, so you've got you know you've got group games, you've got Early games in the League Cup, you've got the FA Cup. Yeah. Somehow they're now, you know, <laughs> some are more equal than others. If yes. you know what I mean, yeah, and I yeah. think that's a really f- for people of our age, that's a really
0: strange idea. Well, the idea that the idea that big clubs will put out weakened teams. In yes, the League, I can't stand that. I, mean, I think you know if you're not going to if you're not going to try, why should we? What? Why, well, it why makes should we you wonder it?
1: how happy you should be? <laughs> you know, I mean, um, I mean, it started. Uh, yeah, you know, when Mourinho started at Chelsea, I mean, uh, you you could see he was doing something to the team. He was making them extremely effective, and the early incarnation of the Chelsea tip was great to watch with Robin and Duff and stuff. Then, then he, you know, that aspect of his personality that doesn't want to contemplate failing meant that he decided to kind of bulk up the midfield, and suddenly, and and. The games turned quite boring because Chelsea would go one goal up, possibly two, and then they just keep the ball, and mm-hmm. you knew you knew you were going to win, mm-hmm. but it, they that team didn't have you out of your seat as much, you no. know, and um, and you know, I mean that's uh, but that thing of yeah, once you go to the game thinking, well, of course we'll beat this lot. And then you beat this lot. Yeah. It, it, then, yeah, because yeah. there was no Jeopardy. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, um, yeah. then it, does detract from it, yeah, it as does. A, and
0: this is what Newcastle fans have to look forward to. But,
1: and yeah, and also that it, it means They'd settle for that. <laughs> it, I'm sure they would for the
2: time being. <laughs> it means that if you if you lose that game, you're furious. Well, that's what and, it, you know. That's,
1: that,
0: that, that's that the point I was going right. to make about <laughs> the
1: fans is is that
0: that it changes the, character the
1: disparity also. between the expectation and yeah, so you will get you know inordinate. Anger and kind of infantile rage at at, um, you know um, you see a little bit. I think already at a lot of clubs with this constant obsession with managers and hounding them out. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it is quite you know watching the tributes to Roger Hunt and Jimmy Greaves, being reminded. I know I'm going to sound like a romantic old you know, but being reminded that the players came on a regular routine basis into contact with the fans. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. They travelled in on the same bus. You know, I remember, um, you know, in our any downtime we had, we used to go to the forecourt at Stamford Bridge um, because the players were trained there. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did have a training ground in Mitcham, but they used to have these kind of kickabouts Mm -hmm. in tracksuits in the forecourt. And we used to stand around, kind of leaning against the wall, watching them play. So we were feet from them. Um, And you think now, you know, the security operation that would keep you... Yeah, just the
0: distance that's appeared between the football and the people who watch it. It used to be all all bound together. It's partly but when uh, a footballer would would be earning a good wage but it wouldn't be much more than the people no. watching. Yeah. And there's you know stories in the uh, in Stanley Matthews autobiography for instance of him going to the game on the bus and him getting off and going in the players entrance and, yeah, the, play- yeah, yeah. and the fans going in there yeah, and yeah. saying good luck today well, Stan well, uh, as he goes in kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah
1: well I grew up in in Eiffel Road and I start which you know is flush against the the cemetery and so the you know, my my pretty much my earliest memory was the sound of the crowd and mm. we were that close that ornaments used to tinkle on the <laughs> and i so my brother started taking me when i was five my brother was um uh, he's seven years older than me so when i was about 11 and we used to share a room pete had come home on a saturday night and he'd say george graham's leaving i said what he said yeah, george graham's leaving yeah. i said why is that Or well, he you know and then he'd tell me some scurrilous rumor I said, oh, I don't know why would you. He says, it's "True." I said, how do you know that?" He said, "He just told me in the Ifield Tavern across, because the players all went and drank in the pub opposite my
0: house. Yeah, yeah, and um, drank to the point of indiscretion.
1: Uh, well, I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing Chelsea beat West Ham on Good Friday. They won six two, and Oscar, who was my idol for that period. Um, had a wonderful game, and then I was woken at, like, one in the morning by the sign of someone throwing up on our steps. <laughs> and, and? And it was a, you know, it reminded me that heroes have feet of clay <laughs> And you know.
0: Wasn't your uh, first Chelsea hero as Jimmy Greaves? Yes. Yeah, which...
1: Uh... Jimmy Greaves, and I had a wonderful... Uh, relationship with Jimmy Greaves even though we never met because I wrote to him when he left for AC Milan I wrote to him age 6 saying you should not go to AC Milan he ignored me and then <laughs> 30 years later I was producing Who Dares Wins on Channel 4 and we'd written a sketch which needed a, a sort of football legend to be in it and I knew that Greaves liked the show because he'd, he'd plugged us in his uh, TV review programme that he used to do on TV AM or whatever and breakfast services yeah, yeah. For at the weekend and so I thought, well, it's worth a punt. So I wrote to him saying, dear Mr. Greaves, I wrote to you when I was six, <laughs> advising you not to go to 18 Milan, and you ignored me. But in your biography, you say it was the worst mistake of your life. <laughs> I'm writing to you again, urging you not to make a second mistake. And we sent the sketch. Anyway, I thought, yeah, I wrote Care of London Weekend Television. Yeah. But I think it was about three weeks later. I'd forgotten about it Phone rings And uh, our receptionist said I've got a Mr Shreves On the line for you <laughs> so I don't know Mr Shreves he, he seems to know you So she put me through It was Jimmy Grease I was speechless And he was very sweet But he said he couldn't face Doing the sketch Because it would be live In front of a studio yeah, audience yeah. But he would give the show A generous plug On his review program So anyway I'm at work A couple of days later About 10 o'clock Phone rings It's my mum She said, Jimmy Grease has just said that we've all got to watch his old mate Andy Hamilton show. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So I, I explained to it, yeah. and then about ten minutes later, my reason gets my brother.
2: What the hell's going yeah. on? <laughs>
1: Jimmy, yeah. So Jimmy Grease had called me his old mate, even though we we'd never actually met. Or, oh, that's yeah. a brilliant thing. And right. there's
2: still, there's still, I mean, you were working in television, but there still must be such a free sort of excitement. Oh about yeah. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I I, I once got a phone call from Terry Conroy, and I just thought. Oh, and he left a message I kept that message for so long <laughs> for so long yeah, yeah. and it's just the most wonderful thing I remember that uh, just incidentally I talk about your letter to, to Jimmy Greaves there's a really good just a very short story by Roddy Doyle where he, when he's a kid uh, 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 trying to invite Charlie Cook to come to his house for <laughs> Christmas lunch yeah. and it's just <laughs> lovely because you do think that and of course there was the vaguest possibility of seeing these people. They used to own fates and things yeah, like that yeah. when you were a kid. And yeah. you know, you mean I remember Gordon Banks being at a Sunday fate, and you know, saving penalties. You know, it costs you, I don't know, a yeah. shilling to take a penalty against Gordon Banks.
0: You know, yeah. fantastic, fantastic. And that, stuff. that distance has grown so much now. Hasn't yeah, it? yeah. From, yeah. from yeah. Uh, the fan to the to the player. Yeah, yeah.
1: and now it's just you know. Messages on social
0: media. It's <laughs> be, not the same at all. You'd be so happy, though, wouldn't you? If you if you if you had a story like the Jimmy Greaves one about. I mean, obviously, you'd have to wait for them to get old enough to yeah, yeah. to do the second part of it. But yeah. about a footballer today, I mean, you know, whenever you hear a story about about some sort of connection, you feel like you know. I mean, it's not like there are uh, there are many, but you know, you think about um, Marcus Rashford, for instance, doing his yeah, charitable yeah. stuff. It, it, it all seems to be on such a scale when he's relating to the fans. It's relating to thousands of them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You don't the the, the one to one um, thing. It feels like you know people used to have those stories. And yeah. Not- well,
2: and you know, and unfortunately, my my most famous footballer that I ever met I, um, it's quite a bad story, really, because oh, I was asked to do <laughs> I was asked to do a speech when Stoke won the Autoglass in nineteen ninety two after the game, yeah. and um, I died. On my art. I mean, really, really. I was actually threatened afterwards by Mick Kennedy, who used to play for Birmingham and and Portsmouth. Um, but the the the, the bit the, for his bad verses. Yeah, the <laughs> bit the bit the bit of the, bit of the story which uh, involves a famous person was I was sat next to Stanley Matthews, yeah. and Stanley Matthews actually said to me, "I think you better sit down, son." <laughs> <laughs> so tragically my tale of me and Stanley Matthews yeah. involves an absolute failure in my
1: life I, I, I saw Matthews play for Stoke at Chelsea in 63 I think it was when they were racing for promotion again and Chelsea and my mum was worried that the crowd would be too huge yeah. for me and her friend Angela was a hairdresser and she had her, her premises in the block of flats that looks onto the ground looked onto the ground and so she was a season ticket holder so she'd said to Angela could you take so I had to go to Angela's flat Angela knew all the players because they Mm -hmm. used to come in there for a cup of tea uh, after training anyway so I'm sitting there (laughs) it sort would have been nine and this huge man comes in it's about one o'clock on a Saturday and it's Frank Upton who used to play left half number Mm -hmm. six for Chelsea but he's looking a bit glum and Angela says oh do you want to Cup of tea, Frank. He says, Yeah. And she says, Oh, well, you're a bit close to the kickoff, isn't it? And he says, I've been dropped. Uh, he said, I was rather looking forward to playing against Stanley Matthews, but I've been dropped. And she said, Oh, dear. So he was playing against oh, some youngster called Harris. And it was Ron Harris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had been put into Mark, uh, and Mark Matthews. And his full name was Ron. <laughs> <Chopper>. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd um, bet he was a kind of crew cut teenager yeah. then and um and of course Looking back, I realised that I was as a horrible dark moment for Frank Upton yeah. But I was just sitting there, kind <laughs> of trying to look <laughs> invisible. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But um,
2: but that game, famously, I think Stoke won, won one nil. One Yeah, and famously
1: McIlroy. Yeah,
2: the, yeah. Jimmy McIlroy <laughs> yeah. from Burnley. Anyway, and went uh, on to manage Oldham. Yeah, but uh, uh, it's famous that game for um, the Chelsea fans booing Ron Harris for kicking Stan Matthews. <laughs> 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 and, you think, oh, that's it. well, there's a different time. Well,
0: so Frank Upton probably got off lightly then. He would have been booed in the afternoon for trying to kick Sandy
2: Thanks so much, Andy. It's been fantastic Pleasure. having you here. I hope you come back. And good luck with your football tomorrow.
1: Thank you. Yeah And yes. also
0: you've got some uh, – you're out on the road. Oh, yes, I am. Tour I am. I am. i at got?
1: Oxford Playhouse this Sunday. Uh, and then I'm going to uh, – Oh, uh, Monmouth, Cheltenham, Winchester. I can't remember which order. Right.
0: <laughs> but Just look up Andy Hamilton tour and they find yeah, yeah, stuff out Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. And also a novel in your own handwriting, which I the think is... Looks, may yeah, be a novel,
1: probably the first... Work of fiction in manu- to be printed in manuscript since Caxton put all those monks out of work, yeah. So it's very good, but I'm biased, I would say that. But it is unique, yeah. <laughs> and
0: is it the first letter of each chapter is illuminated. Do is you know what? I wish I could have done that. I, I did... <laughs>
1: Because you look at that stuff and you yeah. just think oh, it's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I didn't go quite that You're far. Quite that far. Maybe, Maybe next time.
2: We'll get, yes, Andy's uh, director's cut version, <laughs> <laughs> the
0: coffee
1: table version. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Excellent. Thanks for coming in.
2: Thanks, <laughs> Andy. Pleasure. So that's the end. Thank you very much, Andy Hamilton. And uh, we'll be here next week, I'm afraid. Great big owl.